No, it is amazing that it's already the last Sunday of 2021, and if you're anything like me, earlier this year, we were praying for this moment in time to happen because we thought maybe COVID would be more under control, maybe our finances would be more in place, maybe things would be a little more normalized, but what we've discovered is we're learning a new normal for all of us, um, but we're better together because of that. We're in this thing together. Thank you for being here this morning. And, and I want to invite you back next week because next week we're going to launch a brand new series uh, tied into our theme for the year, and that is Better Together. And so the challenge for I'm giving you this morning is that you would read through the book of Acts in the month of January. January has 31 days. Uh, the book of Acts has 28 chapters. So there's some discretion in there. You can miss a few days if you need to along the way. But we're going to unpack uh, the story of, of the, uh, the starting of the church uh, through the book of Acts and what it means to be better together. Because I know that you're as excited as I am of what God has in store for us next year. God is going to do great and powerful things in your life, in the life of your family, and the life of this church. I am absolutely convinced of that. He is the light of the world, and we get to be that story to all those that we come in contact with every single day. There are some tough times that we've experienced in the past, and no doubt we'll have some in the future, but with God in our life and us having adopted Him as our Savior, church, we can do more than we possibly can imagine. Amen? And we are looking forward to what God is going to do in our lives. But today, we are finishing up our series called Rejoice, where we have uh, unpacked some of those Chris Christmas hymns that we've uh, sang throughout uh, the decades and even centuries. And today, we opened our service with, O Come All Ye Faithful, Joyful and Triumphant. Uh, that, uh, that hymn was written in Latin by an English hymnist by the name of John Wade. Uh, and then uh, that was in about 1740s. And then in, in the 1840s, uh, an English priest by the name of Fred Oakley uh, translated it into English. And so now we have this timeless hymn that we sing every holiday season, O Come All You Faithful, Joyful and Triumphant. But you know, for some of us, it's, it's difficult this season as it is seasons past because as we read the story of the nativity, the story of the coming of Jesus, for some of us, it's difficult to get our head wrapped around the logic of the story and really have faith that everything is as it said it was. That there was a, a young girl between the ages of 12 and 14 who miraculously had a baby. It was God in the flesh who was born and placed in a manger, who lived his life here on this earth. It was God among us, God with us. And reading that storyline sometimes takes a little bit more faith than other stories that we come in contact with in God's Word. Sometimes it takes a little more faith. And for, for the rest of us, for some of us, this time of year is difficult because it's not as joyful and triumphant as we sing in the hymn. Because you and I have had moments in our life that we reflect on this time of year, and it's sometimes difficult to get through. Sometimes we're wondering where that promotion at work is going to come from because we keep putting in the hours and the work, but someone gets promoted over us, and we're just wanting to provide for our family, 
better, but it doesn't seem to ever happen. There's a relationship that we're trying to work out and we feel like we've given to it all year long, but the party on the other side doesn't, doesn't reciprocate. And so we're wondering, is this relationship ever going to be resolved and back in a healthy state? We see our, our adult children that we raised in the church and to know Jesus, but for some reason they've decided not to have a relationship with our Savior. And so they're far away like the prodigal son. For some of us, this time of year is not joyful and triumphant. And I'm thinking about our sister in Christ, Jessica Aris, right here near the front. She lost her husband a few days ago to a tragic accident, as the girls did too. We pray for you, Jessica. Love you. Our family is here with you. Sometimes this year, time of year, just isn't as joyful and triumphant as we would want it to be. And if we're not careful, you and I could end up with a, uh, with a personality like one of my favorite Christmas characters, the Grinch. And we could become a little Grinchy during this time of year because things aren't lining up how we thought they should be. But here's the beauty about following Jesus Christ, leaning into how he's called us out of the world and into his wonderful light. Here's the reality is that Jesus doesn't call the joyful and the triumphant. Jesus calls the weary and the burdened. And there's a text that I have read often, and I will go back to it because I believe that so many of us kind of live in this space a little bit. But Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Some of us are weary and tired. I mean, I mean ra raise your hand if that's kind of you this holiday season. I'm just kind of worn out. I mean, I'm raising my hand. We, we watch the news and we see the difficulties going on around the world. We, we hear about our friends and their losses we discover that not everything is as we thought it might have been promised. And so we become tired and weary along the way, burdened with what is going on in the world around us. But Jesus doesn't all only call the, the weary and the burdened. He also calls those who know that they need salvation. And Jesus says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 12, Healthy people do not need a doctor. Sick people do. Now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. You see, Jesus doesn't call the joyful and the triumphant. He calls those of us who are tired and worn out. I need help carrying our life story. Those of us who know we absolutely need salvation beyond a shadow of a doubt. And you know, in my own life, I'm a kind of a, I like to think of myself as a fix-it guy. And so I, I YouTube it and I, I do what I need to to make things happen, if you will, whether it's a relationship or, or something I'm working on, a physical thing. But there are moments at the end of the day when I can't fix the relationship, when I can't move forward in life like I hoped I would. And so I kind of throw my hands up. And it's in those moments that I realize I need Jesus. 
And church, the truth is, every single one of us need Jesus. All of us do. There's not one of us in here that can make it through life without grabbing the hand of Jesus and letting him help carry our burden. And when you finally get to that point where you can release what's going on in life and say, Jesus, I need your help, then we can cling to the statement that Paul makes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. When he says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Raise your hand if you want a new life in Christ. Yeah, every hand in here going up. We all want to be connected to Jesus Christ because we know ultimately he's the light of the world. He's the life that we so desperately want and and yearn for. He's the one that brings true joy in our life. But but if, if Jesus comes and takes us as weary and burdened, as he takes us as people who know that we need salvation, realizing that he doesn't leave us there but changes us, what does he help us become? This morning, I'm going to give you three ideas that I think Jesus helps us become, not only here in this Christmas season, but in the days and weeks that lie ahead of us to tell the story of Jesus to all those who are longing for something better in life. The first thing is this, that Jesus helps us to become more faithful in our walk. Now, Leighton just a few minutes ago read Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, where the writer reminds us that we need to keep our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. We're called in our life to fix our eyes on Jesus, to not be distracted by the difficulties in the world that go on around us, the darkness that looms on the edge of the woods that we hear every night on our television screen coming from the news channel. We're called in those difficult moments to fix our eyes on Jesus and let him carry that burden as we live life out. And no doubt this holiday season, you have those moments in your own life as well, that you're wanting Jesus to help carry that burden. I'm remembering a a time when I was a teenager, December 1983. My dad received a call that my grandfather, his dad, had had a massive heart attack. They transported him to Memphis, Tennessee. We lived in Arkansas at the time. And I remember getting on the road late at night, traveling to, to the hospital, there was black ice on the road, and I remember on I-40, there was a truck that had jackknifed on one of the bridges, and we literally sat in the dark for two solid hours on I-40, not moving. I can't imagine what my dad was experiencing in the moment, knowing that his dad was in a hospital, and maybe the support that his mom needed in the moment, that he couldn't get there. Finally, everything cleared up, and we, we got to the hospital, and I remember walking into that hospital room and seeing my grandfather with the, the wires and the tubes, and it's in those moments that people reveal to you what are the most important things in life. My dad says that he went to the side of the bed where, where he could talk to my grandfather. My grandfather was from Tennessee, a conservative Church of Christ preacher. And in that moment, he didn't say, John, I wish I could have finished that Netflix show. He didn't say that. He didn't say, I wish I could have had one more time to go through Cain's chicken. He didn't say that. Now, what my grandfather told my dad was, John, if at all possible, I wish 
I had preached more on love. Love is what matters. He held on and passed away a day after my grandmother's birthday. And I remember as a teenage boy and a pallbearer how cold it was that day at the cemetery. The wind chill was minus 10. I'll never forget, like you, you have moments in your life that are difficult to remember. Well, when you pray and hope that Jesus will come in and help you carry the burden, help you carry the memory. It's a reminder that we're called to fix our eyes on Jesus, even in difficult moments, to know and have faith in a risen Savior. Because God has faith in you. The faithfulness of our God is absolutely incredible. He loves you. He is for you. The prophet Isaiah writes down what God says to you about his faithfulness in Isaiah chapter 43, beginning in verse, verse 2. God says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Church, we serve an awesome God who wants the very best for you. He wants to journey with you and walk with you. He is a faithful God, faithful to his word. And when the chaos presses in around you, know that your God will not let the waters cover you. He will not let the fire consume you. He walks with you. And Jesus not only helps us be faithful all year long, but Jesus also helps us to be joyful. In his letter to the Galatian churches, uh, this letter was circulated among many house churches in the Galatia area. Paul writes in chapter 5, the things that we call the, the fruit of the Spirit. And the first three in the fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, and peace. That sounds very Christmassy, doesn't it? Love, joy, and peace. You see, our joy deep down comes from a right relationship with God. The, the, the love that we share with one another and our family members only comes from, from God. It, those things can't be created in and of ourselves. It's something that God produces within us. And when we say yes to his son, Jesus Christ, as our Savior, then his spirit lives within us, and the product of that spirit is love, joy, and peace. Now, this time of year, we kind of get some things confused, or we can if we're not careful. But I want you to know this morning that happiness and joy are worlds apart. They're two different things. Because you see, happiness has to do with the happenings that go on in our life. Joy has to do with Jesus. So I can be excited that I'm finally getting to grandma's house to have those iced sugar cookies that I've been waiting all year for. Or I can be excited and happy that I finally got the gift that I've been waiting on. I can equally be upset because I'm not getting to reconnect with family that I normally do because of the situation we find ourselves in. Or maybe I did not get the gift that I was hoping for and put on my Santa wish list, even mailed it, and still did not get the gift. I can be 
unhappy about those things, but those things don't affect my joy. Because the joy comes from Jesus, his spirit living within you. Even the angel in the nativity story says in Luke chapter 2, I bring good news that will bring great joy to all people. And we can have joy even when life is not what we dialed up. Even when we're sitting across the desk from, from the doctor who says, you've got cancer and we're going to have to start treatment right away. When you, when you have that difficult family relationship and you're just not seeing eye to eye and the, the fussing and the fighting continues on even though it's the holiday season. When you're celebrating a few years into your marriage, but it's not everything that you thought it was going to be. Things are kind of bumpy and rocky right now. And you're wondering if the person you married is ever going to see things the way you see them. When you pray for your adult children who are far away from Jesus and you, you want them desperately to come home. There are some moments in life when things don't exactly work out like you had hoped they would. But that doesn't change the joy that you and I have in Jesus Christ. That never goes away. You see, Jesus helps, helps us become more faithful people as the year rolls along. He helps us become more joyful, but he also helps us become very triumphant in our life. And embracing everything that he has to offer us, we are triumphant people. Now, when I was... In youth ministry, I, I had the privilege of taking uh, teenagers and young adults all over the world on short-term mission trips, and it didn't, didn't matter whether we were in Croatia or Paris, France, or, or, or Jamaica, or Mexico, or Africa. It didn't matter where we went. I was always very proud because I had a passport that said I was an American, and I knew out and abroad, it didn't matter what was going on, I had pretty much the entire nation behind me. I mean, that's, that was a lot of clout. You have to be careful in those moments because you can become the ugly American if you're not careful. Robin and I like watching The Amazing Race, and we see that ugly American come out during that show more times than we care to, to, to visualize and see. They're in a foreign country, maybe a third world country, and they're turning their nose up at their living conditions or the type of food they're eating, or maybe they're just frustrated because the person doesn't speak English. Why doesn't everybody speak English? After all, that's the American language. You know, it just goes on and on. You have to be careful. But when you're out and abroad, you, you feel the backing from your country. But church, even more important than that and more powerful than that in our story is the backing we have from the living God who comes alongside you in your story and supports you in ways that maybe you've never even dreamed of. Who says, I love you so much, I'm gonna send my son to live among you and to die among you so that you'll know just how much I really do love you. And this year, this season, we celebrate the story of Jesus coming to earth this time of year. And again, the prophet Isaiah in chapter 9 reveals what that looks like. And he says, beginning in verse 6, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. 
The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. And the passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. What a triumphant story, church, from the manger to the throne. Because our Jesus is indeed the Lord of lords and King of kings. He is the chosen one, the Messiah, the Son of God, the light of the world. He is the God of heaven's armies, born to be the King of angels. He is Christ the Lord. And we have reason to celebrate that joyfully this morning. To acknowledge He is our King. He is our Savior. And He's loved us from the beginning of time. He's given so much to us. And what a great time of the year for you to say yes to Jesus Christ being your Lord and Savior. Whether you're in this room or joining us online, right now is the time to say yes. To take Jesus on as your Lord and Savior in baptism, to say, I want you to be Lord of my life and King of all of my life. You're baptized into his name, raised up out of that water, a brand new creation. Your sins washed away, and you begin to journey this new life with his spirit living in you. What a great way to end 2021 as you lean into the next new year, ready to do his will and to tell his story to all that would listen and hear. And so this morning is the invitation to say yes to Jesus. And as we sing this next song, our shepherds and their wives will be gathered along the wall of this room. And the invitation is that you would be active. Get out of your seats. Go let one of our shepherd couples pray for you and over you and remind you that you are beloved of God, that he wants so much for you in your life, that his spirit rests upon you as you move into the new year, that no matter what is going on around us, he's always with us helping carry our burden. It is a story that is joyful and triumphant. And we celebrate the baby in the manger who now resides on the throne of God. So together as the family of God, one voice, let's stand together and praise his holy name.